Welcome to Mastering the Attention Economy podcast. I'm your host, Ari Lewis. Human attention is a scarce resource that millions of companies across the globe are fighting for. Once a week, I interview entrepreneurs, executives, and industry leaders on how they earn attention for their brands using social content and media. I run a marketing community. Visit brandstreet.com and sign up with the code ARI to receive 25% off your membership. Today's guest is Yaro Bagri. Yaro is the founder of Newsletter Crew, a community focused on helping creators build newsletters. In today's episode, we discuss building a newsletter community, focusing on a niche, and buying and integrating communities. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, Yaro. Thanks so much for joining us today. I've been a big fan of the newsletter crew for a while, and obviously it was one of the, the first guests on your podcast, so so been glad to watch it grow um, from the early days, but now excited to be interviewing you this time and to talk about the growth of your community and some of the things you're working on. Thanks, sorry for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, man, I've been getting a lot of feedback on your episode. Really, really nice. So thank you for being on. Uh, really appreciate it. So I want to start off with, um, you know, you grew up in Ukraine until age five, um, and then you moved to the U.S. Uh, I, I always am interested talking with, you know, immigrants because they always seem to have a, a different perspective, I think, than someone who is is born in the U.S., you know, let, let's start with that. Can you just talk about like, you know, you growing up as, as an immigrant, even though, you know, age five is, you know, your, your childhood essentially is still starting here. You know, how did that affect who you became as a person and, and sort of your path of becoming an entrepreneur today? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good question. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so basically, you know, moving here when I was five, right, I don't really remember too much about the life back in, you know, the, uh, the mother country. Um, but, um, and obviously I don't really have an accent. Um, I mean, there might be a little bit of an accent. Um, when I speak Ukrainian now, I do have an accent. Um, so that's kind of the, the flip side there. I uh, spoke a lot of English when I was younger, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, being an immigrant in the US, I mean, you definitely see a different side of the coin, right? So um, my parents and I, uh, and my sister, so it was four of us uh, came here uh, yeah, about 20, I'm almost 29, like almost 24, 25 years ago. Um, they had a hundred dollars in their pocket, right? So pretty much, you know, I mean, not, not that much. I mean, 20 years ago, it was a lot, you know, it's a hundred bucks. It's probably like 200 now, but even then, you know, a hundred dollars in your pocket, moving to America by themselves. I mean, it's quite hard. It's quite difficult and growing up, you know, these last 20 years, uh, you know, I've just been seeing them work hard. Uh, my parents taking on multiple jobs, jobs that aren't maybe the best, uh, physically, uh, hard, um, you know, emotionally, morally, um, you know, my mom riding her bike, uh, you know, it's a winter, uh, you know, in winter to get to, to, you know, to work cause we couldn't afford a car. Right. Um, because you know, we don't have that much money. Um, definitely, I definitely saw like a different side of, um, of, of the life, if that makes sense. So, um, that kind of, that kind of toned me to, to see life differently. And, and that's kind of why I went to go, um, you know, it's university and I didn't really get any degree. I try to find the best degree that it could because, you know, my parents came here to, you know, it's give a better life for myself. So I don't want to, you know, even if that wasn't really my passion per se, I definitely want to do something that was more, you know, 
that I could definitely get a job, a high paying job and, you know, and make it worthwhile to be in America where, you know, it's quite difficult. Um, so I actually got a degree in electrical engineering. Um, and, uh, that kind of really, you know, I, I was more mathematical anyways, but, um, I definitely want to find the, the best degree for the, uh, you know, to get a job. Um, and then after doing electrical engineering for, you know, a few years, I just realized I didn't actually, you know, it was nice. Money's great, but it's not really where my passion was. Um, and I realized, you know, I, I can make money. Uh, it's not that hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard. Um, but I, I guess what I wanted to say is that the, the way that my parents kind of, or the way that we grew up, uh, you know, fairly poor really shaped me to, uh, pursue something that's higher, if that makes sense, which, you know, you know, made me get a degree in electrical engineering. And then once I realized that it's maybe not as cut out, you know, not as awesome as it, as it sounds, um, I was trying to find other ways to actually make more money. Um, that'll be much for, you know, much more fulfilling, if that makes sense. And, uh, and that's kind of why I got into entrepreneurship. Um, and I, and I kind of saw the hard work that my parents were putting into, you know, kind of keeping us afloat. And I just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of is ingrained in me. So now I just take that and I do that for, you know, my own projects. Um, so I just put the same amount of work as they were putting in, you know, 20 years ago, I'm putting in that same amount of work, uh, into my business, into my businesses today. That's a, a great story. And I think it's a good transition into, you know, you were an electrical engineering major, you still, you know, do some development and technical work. But, you know, even though newsletter crew and, and, and what you work on are, are digital products, you know, they're really rooted in content and community. Why did you decide to go down the path of building a, a business like that when you could have just, you know, been coding IO, iOS apps or, or coding web apps? You know, why did, why did you choose something that was very much built in a content expertise, not a technical expertise? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, um, and there's actually lots to talk about there. So, you know, my main goal is, has always been to create a SaaS. Like that's, that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, I've, I've been in the bootstrapping space for a while now. Um, but I've been into the startup scene even longer. I created a few startups that, uh, mobile apps actually that failed, um, didn't really do too well. Um, spent maybe around six, seven months, um, while working full time. So I was working like, I don't even know, 80, hundred hours a week. Um, kind of, kind of depressing to see them fail, but definitely, uh, made me realize, you know, the startup scene, you know, like the V, uh, you know, VC Silicon Valley scene, wasn't for me, which is kind of why I started getting into bootstrapping. Um, and my main goal is always to make a SaaS, right? Like a micro SaaS or a SaaS, uh, solo founder SaaS, where I don't really, I kind of want to be by myself, um, grow it to maybe 10, 20 K MRR and, uh, kind of live off of that as, as my, uh, my income now SaaS and micro SaaS at this moment in time, it's, it's getting pretty competitive. I mean, there's, I mean, no matter, there's really no new green fields out there, if that makes sense. I mean, you're either, you know, trying to innovate on something that someone's built. Uh, I mean, there's tons of newsletter ESP tools out there. I mean, there's hundreds of newsletter tools out there, like, you know, uh, where you can build a newsletter on. I mean, there's tens of forms that you can build communities on. Um, there's tons of these, uh, I mean, it's just a competitive space now. So, um, that's actually, and that actually kind of leads me to my next point on, uh, why I started with newsletter crew. So newsletter crew at the beginning, you know, way back, I mean, this is when, you know, when you were, you know, on podcasts on episode 11, now we're on episode 34, 35, um, it was just a podcast. So, and then my main goal, uh, was always to create an audience or build a distribution channel for my SaaS products. Um, I chose the newsletter space because, um, 
you know, it's, it's a hot market and not only because it's hot market, it enables people to be digital entrepreneurs like today. Um, but we can talk more, talk about more, more about that later, but, um, yeah, I mean, it started as a podcast and, you know, it's built a distribution channel for my SaaS products. And then it just kind of slowly started growing from there. I, I honestly never really planned to make it a paid community. It just kind of almost fell in my lap. Um, and I don't know if you want to kind of, if you want me to get more into that, but that's kind of like, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that's kind of what, uh, what's going on there. It, no, it makes a, makes a ton of sense. Really. Um, I, I, I get that. I think, um, you know, as you've been built, been building the community, you know, one question that I wanted to, um, ask and, and bring up is, do you think having that technical background will make you, you know, more incentivized to like try to start building more digital products around enhancing the experience? I've seen that a lot of, you know, these communities or, or content plays, um, right. They, they don't really have like these technical products, but obviously you have the ability to, to do that. Is that, is that part of your strategy or are you just mostly focused on the content in the community? No, uh, I, you know, now, now, now that I've been getting like more and more into newsletter crew, I mean, I'm definitely getting more focused into the community and the content side of things. Cause you know, it, it provides just an amazing funnel into anything you want. And, and now newsletter crew is a paid community because it just, it's it just providing so much content and, and I can kind of get more into why it's paid, um, later, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely am trying to focus on both content community and making a distribution channel for my SaaS. So yeah, I don't know if that kind of answers the question or not, but, um, no, it, it definitely answers the question as a, um, you know, getting deeper into the content side of things, how do you come up with, um, topics, you know, things to write about, you know, people ask me this question all the time. This, the question I'm asking you is actually based on, a Twitter question that, that someone asked for this episode, but, um, yeah, I would love to hear your, you know, ideation process on both, both content, both podcast guests, you know, and, and, and anything else that you're creating. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good question as well. And, uh, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a really successful newsletter creator and as, as we, as well, what's the, what's the old saying where it's like, you know, if you can't do, you teach, um, or something like that. So I was like, you know, I've never created a super successful newsletter with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Um, I've always wanted to, and that's still my goal. Um, so I'm kind of always thinking from almost my perspective, if that makes sense, like what if I, you know, so I'm creating this newsletter, I, I have a really small one, just, I have a personal one that I have one for my other community. Um, but basically what I do is, you know, as I'm coming up with the problems, building my own newsletter, I just, you know, I was like, okay, I need this question answered. Let's go out and find someone that can answer that question. Um, you know, for example, I think I had, um, well, I actually had, I had you on an episode 11 about newsletter bundling. Um, so that, that was actually a really interesting, um, conversation because, uh, one, I was pretty curious on, you know, should I bundle my newsletter with other newsletters? And, and two, you know, actually going on Twitter, and just kind of reading what people are talking about, um, seeing the trends within different communities. So I'm a, I'm a part of multiple different newsletter communities, um, obviously pretty plugged into the newsletter community and on, on Twitter. And I just kind of noticed the conversations that are going on. You know, there's ton, there was tons of people talking about bundling and bundling was kind of this hot thing that was going on, um, you know, with the everything bundle and all these other bundles that are coming out. So I was like, okay, I need, I should probably get someone on that could 
talk about or that is an expert in bundling and can give their opinion on what bundling is and if other newsletter creators such as myself or anyone listening if they should also bundle um same with uh, i believe it was episode 18 i did an yeah we did an episode had a couple guests on about newsletter acquisitions also very hot topic that uh within the newsletter crew community has been a pretty interesting uh and consistent uh, on a weekly basis about, you know, people wanting to, you know, wanting to sell their newsletter or looking to buy newsletters. Um, I was like, okay, well, there's people that are asking tons of these questions. Uh, there's really no resources out there currently about that. So why not, you know, why not get some of the experts um, on that and have them kind of talk about it. So I had Chris on there, um, who's an expert who's done tons of uh, newsletter acquisitions, uh, founder of Deuce, uh, uh, who is its newsletter marketplace and founder of uh, Letter Exchange, which is another newsletter marketplace. Um, and I got all their opinions on how to value a newsletter, how to purchase a newsletter, you know, how to acquire or sell a newsletter. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I get my content. I'm just thinking like, one, what problems am I having? And two, what problems am I seeing other people have? Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thought process and pretty much that's how it is every week. Yeah. It's great when you're in the industry that, you know, your product is solving because like, if it doesn't help you, then, you know, it's not helping your, your customers and your community and your members. So it's, it's good that those, um, go hand in hand and, and is, a, a, a great, um, you know, great, great characteristic of, of a, of a good community. So, you know, on the growth side of things, then let's just talk like what have been good, um, ways for you both to acquire users, subscribers, um, and then paying members. And, and one, one, uh, question that we had from, from the audience was, can you also talk about like ways that you've grown, um, and in general, like ways to grow a newsletter in a community that like, you're not going to find, you know, on, on the internet that like, you know, these, 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 you know, probably little tidbits. Like for me, one of the things would be like DM people that like you interact with a ton and like literally ask them to, to, to subscribe. I don't think, you know, you can Google that. So like, what are, what are examples for you that have worked both scalable things and, and non-scalable things? Yeah. So on the newsletter side of things, um, actually just yesterday, I also had Maximilian, uh, Rovka on, uh, on, on the newsletter crew podcast, talk about Finimize. <clears throat> and he was telling me some really interesting things on how to grow your newsletter that maybe you probably, you probably wouldn't find. Um, at least I definitely didn't think about, think about it. And it apparently it attributed to a pretty large amount of his growth or a large amount of Finimize's growth is, uh, kind of an ambassador, ambassador program. So, um, you know, basically get actual people either, you know, if that's yourself or if someone that, you know, you hire someone out, um, for like $8 an hour or however much, uh, you know, you're, you know, someone's willing to actually do the work for, uh, go out to places like campuses and, uh, you know, just on the, on the street, actually talk to people, get them to sign up right there through your iPhone, your tablet, um, you know, kind of tell them about, you know, the 30 second pitch on why it's good. And, uh, and yeah, and you could, and he was saying he was getting around a hundred subscribers per day. Um, obviously you get, you know, you got a couple of brand ambassadors out there doing that. I mean, you could definitely grow a decent amount. Sure. It's not the most scalable way, but the cool thing about it is, um, what he's noticed is that all of these subscribers that you've got or that you onboarded basically through real life interactions, one are more engaged subscribers and two are more, uh, how do I say? Like they're, they're, they're more of the super users. They, they definitely advocate for you more. So what they could do is, you know, go home and be like, Hey, some, you know, person from Finimize, which is a newsletter about, uh, financial and investing markets, 
you know, I just subscribed. Maybe you guys should subscribe too. And so they got a lot of word of mouth as well. And that all just kind of, I don't know, just kind of like uh, propagates, uh, if that makes sense. So that's definitely one, um, you know, non-scalable, but uh, quite an interesting way to grow that I just, uh, you know, as being a digital entrepreneur, you're never really thinking about, you know, going out, out into the real life, if that makes sense. Like I am always trying to find ways to grow online uh, and digitally. Um, but that's kind of the, uh, yeah, that's, that's one. The other one is, uh, that you kind of talked about is actually, and this kind of riffs off of the first one, um, is finding meetups. So if you go to meetup.com, uh, I mean, there's hundreds of hundreds and thousands of medium or meetup groups that are pretty much in every single niche that you could potentially write a newsletter in. So if you're writing a newsletter about gardening, let's say, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a meetup about gardening somewhere in your city. Uh, go there and sign, you know, talk to everyone, sign everyone up, you know, have them become super fans of your newsletter, you know, have, you know, like if, if that makes sense. So, you know, that, that's, that's another way that's kind of like a non-scalable way. Um, some of the maybe more scalable digital ways, um, and maybe this is Googleable or not, but <clears throat> basically, you know, writing, you know, joining a ton of communities, either paid or non-paid, um, and posting some really, really good content about, you know, something that, that, you can plug, you know, that's something that's related to your newsletter, but also provides value to the community. And, you know, if you can provide 300 times the value in 30 seconds, you know, there's almost no way they're not going to subscribe to your newsletter. So that's kind of the more, one of some of the more scalable ways. I mean, just kind of thinking, I mean, there's really nothing that's at least online that hasn't been already dug, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, you can pretty much Google anything nowadays. Um, I mean, we got we got cross promotions, we got sponsor. Uh, oh, we have cross promotions. We have, uh, like I said, paid communities. Um, I actually kind of wrote a little bit of a list down. Um, yeah, so you got. I mean, you got referral programs. You got SEO. You can do. Um, so I mean, those are kind of the the general basic ones. I mean, I'm not really sure exactly if there's any secrets uh, that I've seen. Uh, DMing people is good as well. I mean, that that's kind of one of those non scalable digital ways to grow. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, being sponsored in an episode, go, going on podcasts kind of like this, uh, where I will then plug in, you know, let's say, you know, go to newslettercrew.com to, you know, subscribe and become a better, better newsletter creator. You can do stuff like that. Just, you know, do, do, do the podcast tour beyond 10, 20, 30 podcasts, as many as you can get on, uh, spread the word. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of hustling, if that makes sense. It's a lot of growth, uh, growth hacking. Um, I don't know if that kind of answers the question, but that those are kind of some of the growth channels I've seen. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And, and just a couple points there, like the, the ambassador program, I know morning brew used to do this a lot. And I think Austin reef, who is the, uh, co-founder and CEO of morning brew did a thread about this recently where he talked about, they launched a ambassador program at colleges because that was like their, their demographic. But I definitely don't think people think about the ambassador program enough. Um, it, it's also probably just because, um, I think in order to really do an ambassador program, you probably need scale. Like if you're in like a niche, I don't know if an ambassador program, um, would make sense. But I think the other interesting thing you talked about too, was like going on podcasts and, and doing that. One of the things like that, that I I've learned, and I don't know if you've, you've, uh, been the same with this is you really got to put yourself out there when you're doing like content and you're building these communities. Um, and I just don't think enough people do that, like whether they're building a content, a, a community content play, or if they're building a product with a, 
a community aspect, like on the product side of things, people are just like, oh, I'll build something great and people will come and buy it. But that's not true. Like you need to put yourself out there. And then on the, the content community side, you have to like actively like work to build a community. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, have you, have you had, you know, that type of maybe like imposter syndrome or worries like of putting yourself out there? Like wh- how have you tried to, you know, battle that? Oh yeah. Every day. Uh, well, not, maybe not every day, but I'm, it's definitely on my mind um, quite frequently actually. And you know, when I started my first community indie stack, which actually was just recently acquired uh, last week. So uh, that was pretty nice. Um, when I first started that, and actually it's kind of a, you know, I, I definitely had imposter syndrome because I never really had a successful SaaS business or successful, you know, like digital product. And that's what indie stack was is a, or is, is a uh, community for indie founders. So that being said, I was never a successful indie founder. Uh, and there's tons of people on there that were much more successful than I am that are within the community. Um, so it was always, <clears throat> it was always uh, kind of weird giving advice uh, when you really haven't uh, done it yourself, if that makes sense. I mean, like, sure, you know, a bun- bunch of these things and, um, but I've never gotten a community, you know, I've never gotten a product to 10 camera or 20 camera. Um, so it's definitely posture syndrome is definitely, definitely a thing that's on my mind. Um, you know, kind of same with newsletter group. You know, I don't have, like, like I said before, I don't have a newsletter that has a hundred thousand, you know, you know, a million, you know, I'm not, I'm not morning brew. Right. So, um, there's, you know, I'm definitely learning along the way. So, and I think I've learned enough and I've implemented enough in my own newsletters to give advice, but I'm definitely always, it's, it's always on my mind. It's like, you know, am I really qualified to be doing this? Um, <clears throat> and I know I, I, you know, I definitely am. It just, you know, it's always that double, double thing that you always do. Um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of answers the question there. Yeah, that's, yeah, a really great answer. And I think it transitions well into, um, sort of like where you're at with newsletter crew now, you know, would you mind sharing the user numbers and revenue if you don't mind? And, and I'd also be curious, you know, once we're done talking about that, like what's the future hold, especially from sort of that flywheel perspective, you know, do you want to double down on, on what you have going now, or is there maybe new opportunities to grow and make money? Something like a merchandise play, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah, no, that, that doesn't make sense. And, um, so I'll start with the revenue. So at this moment in time, uh, today, uh, we have a hundred, no, we're sorry, 251 members, uh, with the average MRR being 600. So $600 per month. Um, and the average MRR per user, I think that adds up to like 2.6 or 2.7 or something like that. Um, so total revenue I've made so far since I kind of started this paid community is I believe around 4,500 or something like that. So not terribly a lot. And I was expecting a little more, um, because as, as, like I said, in, you know, I acquired Indie Mailer around August, August timeframe. And that's kind of what sparked me to start creating this paid private community and, and, and kind of bring, bring newsletter crew to where it is right now. Um, and when I acquired it, there's around 127 members and in November 2022, it basically, uh, you know, it came around for the, you know, to uh, renew on the yearly renewal cause it's on a yearly cycle. Um, so out of the 127 members, I think around like almost 75% of the members churned. So that definitely kind of hit, you know, kind of hit me, uh, pretty hard. Uh, I was definitely expecting a much, you know, greater revenue or you know, income bump uh, on that day and just never came. Uh, I mean, that, that was no problem at all because I was growing so much since uh, from August to 
November from 127 all the way to 200 and about 230. And then obviously, you know, in November it dropped like 50 or 60 members. I don't even know. Uh, it was a lot. It was a huge event. And then I just got it back up to 250. So I onboarded like another 70 or 80 people. Um, but yeah, that, you know, that being said, that's, that's kind of the revenue numbers right now. Um, my goal is to increase it. Um, my goal is to get to that 59 mark or sorry, the, maybe either 40, 49 or 59 mark. And that's kind of the interesting thing on, on, you know, is, is the pricing, right? Is, you know, how do you price a paid community? Right. And I guess we can probably get into that later, but that's, that's kind of the, uh, you know, revenue numbers there. So pretty happy about that. Um, and that doesn't include, let's say, you know, like say podcast, uh, sponsorships, that's just the paid, paid membership. Uh, so sponsorship is a completely different, uh, revenue stream. Um, and if you want, I can definitely dive into that. Um, but yeah, so sponsorships, I've been earning around $125 per episode. Uh, definitely going to bump that up again in the next cycle. So I, I did a three month contract with email octopus and, uh, they're, you know, really nice. And I've been getting them tons of users uh, through that podcast. Um, so they're really happy about that. So I'm definitely thinking about bumping that number up and, and seeing if they want to renew, but I think I've made around, uh, through all of my podcast sponsors around 3,500. Um, so 35 plus, you know, 45, I think we're at like $8,000. Um, you know, and obviously this is part-time, you know, so I'm not really doing this full-time. It's around five to eight hours a week, uh, for the last, you know, six months or so. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so to answer the next question, <clears throat> to, to answer the next question, uh, where am I going with newsletter crew? Um, well, I'm definitely going to keep the paid community and that's kind of the main thing I want to start growing. Um, when I, so when I think of membership, I don't think it's, you know, the community is just a aspect of it, right? So you could have a paid community and that's, that's all it is. It's just a community with, with really just people talking, um, kind of like a, you know, like a golf club or something like that. Um, or you could definitely, you know, have a membership, which is kind of like the next level up and have a community plus paid content plus, uh, AMAs, webinars, uh, Q and A's, um, private content, private blog content. So currently as we stand now with the newsletter crew, we have the paid private community. We have private content that we're doing. We have AMAs that are member only AMAs, and then we have some member only resources. So, um, that's kind of the, the kind of what you get when you join newsletter crew. And as I start adding on new, new things, um, like for example, what I want to do is start doing, you know, like, uh, monthly meetups. We've done a few monthly meetups and I, I want to keep continuing that, uh, maybe weekly meetups, uh, mastermind groups where we get groups of, you know, maybe, maybe seven to 10 people and actually, uh, you know, together build your newsletter and, you know, have accountability with your newsletter. Um, and yeah, I'm not really sure exactly where I'm going to take it right now, but monthly meetups and AMAs or, or sorry, monthly meetups and, um, oh crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Monthly meetups and, uh, mastermind groups are definitely the, uh, the thing that I want to do now. Um, that being said, I mean, we've got tons of private content as well. So we have almost like almost every other episode has a second part to it, which is another like, you know, 20 to, you know, 10 to 25 minutes of extra content. Um, we have a few private blog posts, private guides that we're having. Um, another thing that I want to expand into potentially is courses, right? So I don't know if you know, Ann Laura from Nest Labs, but 
she runs, yeah, so she runs her paid private uh, membership called Nest Labs, and she just recently launched a course, I believe like a few weeks ago, and she got in like a week, almost like $30,000 in revenue. Um, so that's, that was kind of insane. So that's definitely one thing I want to expand into, but I'm not exactly sure if I want to put the time into that, or if I want to put the time into building my SaaS business that could utilize um, newsletter crew as an audience, right? Um, Oh, and the other thing I want to get into is, you know, so the more value your membership brings, just just the more, just like the the more less someone is going to think about joining, right? So, I mean, if you got if you got a paid private community, if you got private content, AMAs, meetups, you know, um, and then let's say you know another thing you got you you add in is you know you get free courses and you get extra software. <clears throat> so, for example you become a member of the newsletter crew and, and then you get access to a feedback tool, right? That'll, they could use for your newsletter to get feedback on every single issue. You just get that for free, right? Um, so that's the other thing I'm kind of looking into doing is having a bunch of these micro SaaS tools that anyone being a member of the newsletter crew will have access to for free, if that makes sense. And actually we're developing one right now and it, it should launch in probably the next week or two is the uh, is our feedback tool which is kind of what i was just talking about um the other thing is um maybe discounts on certain esps or uh certain services um if that makes sense um so yeah i mean there's there so many places i want to go but it's just it just has to be kind of like one step at a time if that makes sense yeah i totally understand um where what what you're saying there and and uh you know we we, we don't have a ton of time I, I try to keep these like 35 minutes but um, at, at most, and I have so many follow-up questions to that, but we had a lot of, uh, questions from the audience today, which is great. So I wanted to prioritize those questions first, and then maybe if we have time, we'll, 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 we'll go back to what you were saying. But, um, the, the first question that I had from the audience that I haven't asked yet is, um, a, a question from Chris who asked, uh, he is curious how, you know, both your newsletter and then maybe others folks that you have spoken to, um, how you, you know, grew from zero to a thousand and kept people interested. Because I think what sometimes happens is like, maybe you have a hundred, 200 subscribers and you're like, wow, this is great. I have like a 45% open rate, 50% open rate. And then you're like 800 subscribers and you're like, I have a 25% open rate. Like, how do you make sure people stay engaged um, as you grow and scale the newsletter? Yeah, that that's a really good question. And um, and how do I answer this without, without being too, like, uh, you know, too sad about it? But basically, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, as you grow, I mean, there's going to be people that just don't like the content you produce anymore, right? I mean, when you had 200 people, um, maybe all 200 liked it. I mean, as you start growing to thousands, hundreds of thousands, um, I mean, there's going to be people out there that uh, maybe have gotten past their phase. Maybe your newsletter covers finance in, you know, Bitcoin, let's say, like Crypto Weekly. Let's say you, yeah, you got a, a crypto newsletter um, and you got in on the hype, you know, in 2017 and, you know, you're, you're loving, you know, you're just loving uh, Bitcoin, you're loving crypto. And then at some point, you know, it just hype dies down. You're like, yeah, I'm just kind of over this. Um, content still might be great. It's just, you know, you're not, you're not interested in that niche anymore. So uh, either maybe stop opening or you just outright unsubscribe. And <clears throat> obviously as, as you start growing your newsletter, I mean, there's going to be people on there that um, are uninterested anymore or 
you know, well, one, they're uninterested and they don't want to open up your newsletter anymore. Um, so what I, what I recommend for people that are starting to grow and seeing their open rates drop, uh, like you said, 40, anything above 40 is, is fantastic. Um, as you start getting, you know, you know, start growing, you get, yeah, like you said, 25%, um, basically just start cleaning out your newsletter list. I mean, once every, you know, one, two, three months. I mean, what, what I actually, what I, what I like to do is if I start dropping below 40 or maybe like 35 or, or 30, I'm just going to clean out my list and get it back up to 40. Um, so anyone that hasn't opened the last, you know, X amount of issues, um, just kick them out, you know, unsubscribe them. I mean, you know, sorry, but you know, if you're not opening the newsletter, um, one, it hurts your deliverability as well. Um, because if you're sending newsletters that people aren't opening, uh, ESP just is kind of thinking maybe you're not sending good content, and so your deliver your deliverability by drop. <clears throat> and uh, but for those people that you know, if, if you're worried about the content itself, um, if you if you're worried that the content that you're writing isn't engaging enough, then you should probably, you know, just give feedback. You know, if you if, you know you could use feedback tools like like the feedback tool work rating, um, or just leave you know, or just at the bottom of your newsletter, just say hey. Um, you know, did you like this? Did you not like this? Um, what would you, you know, what do you want me to talk about? You know, what were the pluses? What are the minuses? Um, and maybe you'll get some of the super users involved. Um, and those are kind of the people that you really want. Uh, I mean, you don't really want to keep anyone that's kind of like 50, 50 on your newsletter. Maybe they'll open it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're, you know, not, maybe, maybe they like most of the content, but not all of it. I mean, you want the people that really like the content, uh, enough to actually reply and tell you what the bad things were. Um, that should definitely bump engagement up because now you're actually hearing from the subscribers themselves on what you want to do versus just kind of shooting the dark. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there isn't, <clears throat> I mean, there isn't really too many tricks, uh, to increase engagement. Um, just keep writing great content. Um, and again, you can get that, you know, you can get the feedback if your content is great from like a feedback form of people replying to your newsletter. Um, referral programs are great to kind of bump up engagement as well because people are interested uh, in, well, one, your super users are interested in onboarding more people to get your, you know, your rewards, but also they're opening up your newsletter to see, you know, the reward count that they're getting uh, when their next reward is and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, there isn't really too many tricks other than, you know, just talk to, talk to the audience and see exactly uh, what they like, what they don't like. And then from there, you know, just, just fix it. Yeah. And um, again, a lot of follow-up questions to that, but I want to get through the, uh, the, the, the questions that we have. Um, so, so my next question is um, if you're a product company, um, you know, does it make sense to start a, a newsletter um, from like the company point of view or from like the CEO's point of view. So this question is from Jillian. And I, I think what she's really trying to ask is like, you know, we're seeing a lot of sort of product companies become these content companies, media companies, and, you know, they need to have a unique voice, you know, should that unique voice come from the company as a whole? Does it start with the CEO? You know, I know that maybe might not be up your alley, but, but if you have any thoughts on that, yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, so that that's awesome. I mean, if you have a CEO that wants to, you know, build a newsletter and and talk about your product, uh, that's great. But <clears throat> I think the only problem that I have with someone using the, you know, having a CEO or create a newsletter that promotes your product or that is based off the product that he or she is, you know, running. Um, you know, depending on how big the company is, I mean, that CEO could leave. Um, and then what do you do with the newsletter? I mean, the newsletter is tied to their brand, right? They're tied to their person. If they're not a part of your product anymore or your company, um, obviously they're not going to promote it. They're not going to really talk about it. So what happens then? There's this kind of 
weird breakup that happens that's uh that probably won't go too well uh that being said i mean i definitely recommend you know if you got a company i mean just start a company newsletter i mean why not i mean i'm subscribed to a ton of newsletters that are you know by companies i subscribe to the uh, review newsletter about newsletters um that's definitely one of the big ones i read and that that's a company itself and their newsletter is kind of one of the best newsletters in the newsletter space um you know i'm, I'm, I'm always opening that one because i love knowing and being on top of that i think the key is if you're going to start a newsletter that is built off your company you know make it useful you know don't make it about updates about your company um, I mean, if you're in, you know, say you're in the podcast space, you know, you're creating a podcast or a product to record podcasts, you know, you know, on, online or something like that or, or whatever. So say you're in the podcast niche, I mean, create something that would be for other podcasters to learn how to become, you know, better podcasters or, you know, give them some useful insights. Um, I wouldn't really use it for like product updates or anything like that. I would, I would definitely make it part of the brand, but um, also it's own separate product where, you know, its main goal is to build an audience, right? So then at some point you can sell your products. But anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, to answer the main question, I would definitely just, you know, make it part of your, a part of your product. I mean, you know, no, no, no harm in that. Yeah. And, and, and my one comment there is it's so important when people, and I'm sure you see this all the time, is like their newsletters are informative. They're not selling. And it's, and there's a subtle difference of like, you can use your product to sell, but make it informative. I think like CB Insights does a good job of this, but you can't be like blatantly like buy my product, here's why, or people just end up unsubscribing. So it defeats the point of a newsletter. But um, two other questions left from the audience. These should have, I think really much shorter answers. Um, the first is uh, what's emerge an emerging digital product that is not yet mainstream, which creators should be paying attention to? Nice. That's, uh, and we were kind of talking about this before, um, you know, letter drop, uh, I believe that's, it's what it's called. Letter drop, uh, letter drop.co is definitely one of those products that not many people know about, but is actually really useful if you're starting a newsletter. Um, you know, some of the really cool benefits are, you know, you could write your newsletter, you can make, you can make it paid, you can make it private, you can make it public. Um, so kind of like what Substack has, um, one, they don't take any of the rev, like, you know, the revenue that you make is yours, right? So you just have to pay the monthly fee, which is great. So much better than Substack. Um, and two, they have a built-in referral system. So that's also really, really good. I mean, why pay an extra, you know, 20, 20 or 25 or 30 or however much for a referral system when it's already just built into the newsletter itself. So, um, that's, that's awesome. So that's one of those, uh, you know, if I had to pick one tool, that would be the one tool. Uh, that's still not mainstream, but is is amazing. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think Parthi's doing a really good job at, at Letter Drop. And uh, if you guys are, are are listening to this, I would, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, so, so last question from the audience, and then I'll have you know one question to end it is, and there should be a pretty simple answer. The worst advice you have ever uh, received uh, for building newsletter crew. <laughs> So like the, the the worst advice that I received to build newsletter crew or to build newsletters. Yeah. So when, when you were talking to people, um, you know, about building it, like what was a piece of advice that you got that was just terrible that like, you know, the person really thought was, was good advice. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the, the best advice was just, um, just lower, lower your, lower your membership cost. I'm like, well, that's, that's just really bad advice because it, you know, it, it, it almost degrades your, 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 
you're offering, right? So the cheaper it is, it is like the worse it is. Like, you know, people kind of associate cost to worth, right? Or, or to value. Um, so I was like, you know, I guess there, there, there was at some point where sales weren't doing too well and they were just like, hey man, just lower prices. I'm like, well, that's probably not a really good idea because sure, I'll make it more people, but is it the right type of customer that I want? Um, so that's probably the worst advice I had at least. And that's kind of, that's kind of just advice for any membership out there. So if you have a membership, I mean, keep prices like fairly high. I mean, not, I mean, it depends on your market, right? But um, yeah, I mean, you know, keep them high. I mean, keep them like at least above like, you know, 39, $49 a year. I mean, at, at the minimum, uh, don't try to make it like $9 a year, like a dollar a month. Um, unless, you know, unless you're trying to help people out. Um, you know, like privately giving them like that, that, that type of uh, discount, but like publicly, I mean, you should definitely have a higher price. Um, you know, don't undervalue your product. Great, great answer. And yeah, I would, I would always tell people increase price, increase price. It's like the one piece of advice that I think is like universal truth. Um, if you, if you have value, people will pay more for it. So the last question that I ask people, um, who, you know, have on the podcast is, you know, you been building newsletter crew for a bit now what is like one lesson you've learned that you would love for the audience to take away yeah definitely uh you know if you're building a community or if you're building a membership site the number one piece of advice is you know it's about the community and it's about the you know it's about them right so you're as a community manager as a community owner i'm i'm a servant to them right so whatever that they want whatever they want if they need help i'm there i'm helping them i mean that's that's my job now um i try to always put community above self, uh, if that makes sense. So never, you know, always trying to, uh, you know, on my Twitter, uh, at least for Indie Stack, I was doing this, uh, you know, before I sold it quite a lot where I was highlighting members' achievements inside the community, never my own, um, if that makes sense. So always, you know, I guess that, that's, that's the main piece of advice to put community over self. Yeah, that's a gr- great advice. Love it. Um, so, you know, thanks so much for coming on, Yaro. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'll put it in the show notes, but you know, just so we, we you can say it out loud. Um, you know, if, if folks want to join newsletter crew, if they want to follow you on Twitter, follow mm-hmm. newsletter crew on Twitter or social media, you know, where where can they find you all? Yeah, so we're newsletter crew pretty much everywhere. So newslettercrew.com, uh at newsletter crew, uh probably the best place to to find uh, newsletter crew. Um and yeah, and if you want to subscribe to my own newsletter, my personal newsletter, um you can just go to yarrowbaggery.com. That'll have, you know, a weekly newsletter where I pretty much talk about my story, um, kind of like this, but just on a week-to-week basis. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of where you can find me. So, and also at Yara Bakery on Twitter. So yeah, thanks for having me, Ari. It was really, really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thanks so much. And until next time, everyone, have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider giving us five stars on iTunes. If you're listening to us on YouTube, consider hitting the like button and commenting on what you enjoyed. I'd really appreciate it.